Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this is the first in-person recording we've had since we graduated from college, which mm. was only a year and a half ago, but it feels like it was at least five. Um, I think I've aged that many. My hairline is not going in the proper direction. And I um, still have the same haircut. And David still has the same haircut. <laughs> David looks identical. Nothing about David's appearance has changed. The one thing that really has changed for us is that we don't really believe in the Chiefs anymore, <laughs> at least not at this moment. Um, we're going to talk about that a lot. We're going to talk about the NFL, of course. We're going to make some picks for Week 15, um, but mostly going to go over the Chiefs and that just crushing loss to the Bills. But maybe we believe there's a way this team can rebound. And then after that, for the second half of the episode, we're going to be talking about the best movies of the year because mm. it is the end of the year. We are reached that point where we are now going to be making best of and worst of of 2023. And I can tell you that Shazam Fury of the Gods will not be in anybody's top five. Speak for yourself. Movies. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, David really liked that. Um, he just really connected with um, the, the Skittles, the Thunder Superman. I don't understand Shazam. Who knows? Um, anyway, so that is going to happen in this episode. Listen, please. Thank you. All right. Uh, put the Chiefs on the outline. Yeah, usually it's the Bears. Yeah, it normally is. The Chiefs lost a soul-crushing game on Sunday, a game that they should have won. And, David, should we just get the... Kadarius Tony thing out of the way. Yeah, let's just talk. First couple, let's just talk about it. Okay. All right. So, um, I saw this happen in real time. I thought, oh gosh, that guy's lined up not super good, but the play went on and they threw a flag. And as soon as they threw the flag when the play started, I thought, oh crap, he's probably going to get hit with like a legal formation or something. I didn't really factor into my brain that he was offsides because I don't really ever think that an offensive player is offsides. And then, Travis Kelsey throws maybe the best pass all day, actually. Beautiful, it was a man. perfect spiral, like right over a Bills defender's arms as it hits Kadarius Tony, who then runs it into the end zone. And this is honestly going to be one of the greatest game-winning plays in NFL history, if it counts. Of course, it didn't count because Kadarius Tony was offsides. Now, David... Um, we that's not really up for debate anymore. There's no point in talking about whether he was offsides or not. We know that he know that he was. Um, we also know that he did not check with the referee. Um, yeah, he looked over, but in the, in the video, it's clear he like looked pointed and looked right back down. Like there was been no time for the ref to say back up or no, exactly. you're good. We also know, looking back through tape of the game, that he lined up like this multiple other times and was not called. Now. My personal view of this, and you could have an absolutely different view, is that, yes, it sucks that they didn't call it. And if they would have called it in the first quarter, it probably doesn't happen in the fourth quarter. But as an NFL football player, you have to know how to not line up offsides. Yeah, I I just I don't know if there's like there's nothing you can do to make me feel like Kadarius Tony's not in the wrong in that situation, even though the refs decided to call something they hadn't been calling previously. It, It was a penalty. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. And I I feel like this happens a lot, not even in sports, but like in politics or social issues, it's like one side or the other, no matter what. And I feel like in this case, both can be right of like, Tony's clearly off sides, but also the refs didn't mess up. But like, you know, if they'd seen Tony line up like this 
four or five other times that Dan Orlovsky pointed out, why are they just not calling it in a mm-hmm. game-changing moment? So mm-hmm. I think both can be true. And people are kind of like either on one side or the other. And like, it's like, I mean, usually I guess that can be the case. But like, Tony is a dunce for not lining up <laughs> like a correct, you know, like in sixth grade, seventh grade, they're showing us yeah. how to, okay, make yeah. look down the line. Are you, you know, behind the football? Are you yeah. good to go? Check with the ref. Exactly. And, um, but I don't think that that's, that's actually an excuse. Um, it, it is, it's confusing. And even like there were, then you know how, like, once you see it, you see it everywhere. The next night, Jalen Waddle was low-key in the exact same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are players mm-hmm. lined up in the same spot. And again, it wasn't being called. So something I tweeted after Dan pointed this out of like, he's been lined up like this the whole game. I was like, we just need consistency. Like, Yes, that's a penalty. Like, and that's not even like Chiefs fans are kind of still getting like made fun of because they're you know, talking about this. And it's like we're past that. We all know it's offsides. We know it's a penalty. Yeah. But why was it not called the entire game? Yeah. Kind of thing. And I think um, what made it worse, and can't take this back now, but uh, Mahomes' reaction was not good, and neither was Andy Reid's, and they were upset. Um, but and and I get being upset about a call. I get being upset that it's called in that moment, especially you go from the highest high to the lowest low and it's, it's very difficult, but saying something to Josh Allen at midfield was really dumb and really, really childish in my opinion and made him look really dumb. And Mahomes has come out and said this himself. He it took like 24 hours and he came out the next day and was like, yeah, I apologize. I've already apologized to Josh for that. Um, that was not the proper way to handle myself. Um, and I get that. And I think that that's going to be a lot of stuff piling on now um, that, you know, I, there's been a, I think there's been a probably concerted effort by uh, some people to find something negative about Patrick Mahomes. And this is going to be used as ammunition for people who already didn't like Patrick Mahomes to then be like, okay, he's a crybaby whiner, which I would, I would have classified his actions as crybaby-esque. In that moment, I don't think that's who he is in total because pretty much all season he has had an ample opportunity to blame anybody else but himself. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't. I mean, he like MVS drops a wide open pass in a in that Packers game that should have resulted in a touchdown. And Mahomes says, I could have thrown a better ball. Like he is not the guy who's going to make excuses normally. And he did this time and he knows it was a mistake. And I don't think he's ever going to really do that again. But after how bad this was, like how bad the end of this game was, which you put in the doc here and I agree, overshadowed some pretty good performances. I thought Mahomes played well. I didn't think he played amazing. I thought he played well. Rasheed Rice had another great game and I was really impressed. And I'm glad you mentioned this um, in the outline here. Wendy Morris was great mm-hmm. um, for a rookie tackle, like getting experience in that game at, at, against the Bills pass rush. Yeah, it was there. The, that somehow Von Miller was a part of. I don't. I don't get that. I don't understand how Von Miller was playing football on Sunday, and, and no one's talking about it. Really either. dumb. Like that's the definition of what the commissioner's exemplus is for. It's for ongoing situations where you don't know the full story. So it's it's whatever at this point, but. I, I thought he played really well, but the, none of that's going to matter. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know if the team is going to remember the first three and a half quarters of this game. Yeah, yeah. Rasheed looked really, really good again. Seven catches, seventy-two yards, and a touchdown. He had ten targets. Seven of ten is pretty good um, mm-hmm. at that volume. 
And I'm, I'm so stressed today and I'm trying to remember. Um, he's, he's definitely in top five in a lot of the rookie receiver stats. And I think he's even top 10 in some of the just overall receivers, not even yes. uh, talking about, you know, uh, year. And so he's really like, we were at the beginning of the year, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, we couldn't get Zay or Jordison and Jordan Addison and look at what they're doing. I don't know the way he's playing. Like maybe this, maybe they hit on a guy like maybe, and he's asked to be the receiver one right now. So like, I'm just thinking in the off season, if they draft another guy or maybe they sign a free agent and Rashid only has to be the receiver too. And we're not asking him to be this, the number one receiver. Like I'm, I think he could be really, really good for the Chiefs, and he's still a rookie. Like he's going to grow and develop. I mean, know? he has the most yards and touchdowns of any rookie receiver um, since Andy Reid came to the Chiefs. He scores one more receiving touchdown. He then ties the franchise record for rookie receiving touchdowns. He has six touchdowns. I yes, think. he's at six right now. He's playing really well. The the and the problem is that he's he's playing good enough to be in and number one, and even though he's. Like, let's be honest, he's not a number one, mm-hmm. probably. He probably shouldn't be at this point. That's not his fault. He's a rookie. Yeah. But we the problem is we don't have a number two. Yeah. There's there's no guy you trust to be number two. And I think that um, Clyde played better than I expected him to. But the, the absence of Pacheco is like the – honestly, like I, this is going to sound sacrilege, but Pacheco is our second – or is maybe our best weapon on offense this year. I know we have Travis Kelsey – but I, Travis has been the sole focus of most defensive game plans, especially in the passing game. Pacheco gives us a lot of versatility, and it, he's been running very well. And him not playing was, I think, very difficult and something yeah. that's hard to overcome. And that plus, who's, who would you even put as the number two? Is it Justin Watson? But, because it can't, it can't be Sky Moore. I was reading stats. In this game, it was Kadarius. Yeah, in this game, it was Kadarius who got a lot more opportunities than he has at any time previous. And I think that that's because there was no Pacheco and they needed some sort of explosiveness on offense. But Kadarius, um, it's, I mean, he's proven time and time again that at certain points you just can't rely on him. Which and, sucks because I feel like he, the talent that he has, like, I almost get like the feeling of like, we just need to keep throwing him the ball. But like, I think we keep doing that. And maybe that's what the front office thinks and the coaches, th- coaches think. And they keep doing that, and it's just I feel like time and again, it's like now how how else can you know he he hurt the team? Whether it's week one, a ball goes right through his hands, leads to a pick six that ultimately wins the game, or this last week he lines up incorrectly that takes away a touchdown. And um, man, what hurt? Like, there's always what ifs in football, and that it's always a far fetched excuse. But I think there are legitimate what ifs to this Chiefs team this year. As simple as if, you know, MVS catches that deep ball against the Eagles, they probably win. If they score there where there's a minute left and the Bales have no timeouts, there's a chance they probably win. So, like, if they call that most obvious PI call um, against the Packers, they're down at the five-yard line. Like, this Chiefs team is, like, three plays away from being mm-hmm. 11-2. and two. Mm-hmm. And they're eight and five right now. Like, yeah. It's just like crazy how like the closest what ifs I think I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. in, in an excuse for a team. It's like, man, this is, and there's even more. Like if you want to talk, if Kadarius catches that ball week one and it's not taken back for a pick six or right. Sky Moore catches that ball against the Broncos and for a touch, like there's, it's just like, man, how, if we didn't have an issue with drops this year, what would our record be? Like, cause you, you could see like a four game swing really easily. So mm-hmm. it just sucks. And, and the season's not over. So I'm not, 
I don't want to sound like, oh, it's too bad because they could win out, go 12 and five, and we'll probably get to this, but Chiefs still have a shot at the one seed. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. I think the problem is that we have to, we we don't, first of all, we, we have not been starting games well. We didn't start the game against the Bills real well. We did not start the game against the Packers well. Same thing with the, like, the Raiders, we were down 14. We didn't nothing. start the game against the Raiders well. We were able to overcome that. We don't start games well, and then there's no room for error after that. And this is what you're talking about. Like, and you're right. There's like three or four plays that swing three or four wins, which I think is probably pretty common in the NFL. But for the Chiefs, it hasn't been like been able to overcome mistakes in the past. But the problem, the reason I don't think you can this year is because Mahomes has no room for error himself and neither do the wide receivers. And they are not good enough to have no room for error. Mm-hmm. And so any little mistake and we ha- keep having those like the I know that we lost because Kadarius Tony was offsides, but we shouldn't have been in that situation. I mean, the Bills played well, but our defense was stopping them consistently. And we had quite a few offensive drives that just sputtered out and went nowhere. We shouldn't be relying on a cross the field Travis Kelsey lateral at the end of a game to win a football game. And against a Buffalo team that, yeah, they, they've had some good weeks, but they've struggled overall this year, struggled mightily. And it's the same thing. It's, I mean, the Packers is not a game we should be losing. We could have beat the the Eagles. Like, And most of this is not on our defense. Now, I think we do have some issues on our defense. We're not good against the run. Um, but we still are able to get after the ball. But that's not been the problem. The problem is the offense has no room for error, but they continue to make them. Yeah. I'm just looking at these games that we lost. And uh, 2018 through 2022 – I feel like we'd be like looking at our chops, but Bills, we gave up three points in the fourth quarter, lost. Packers gave up six points, two field goals in the fourth quarter, lost. Um, Against the Eagles, we gave up a touchdown in the fourth quarter, lost. Like, if I would have told you this, any other Chiefs year, we're like, oh, we probably won that game. If we gave up six points in the fourth quarter, like, we probably won. It's like, how are we losing these games? Because you need one scoring drive. Most of those times you just need one scoring drive in order to to make it okay. Denver scored 10 points the second half and they beat us 24-9. Like it was zero. There's goose eggs on this board and we just could not score. It's just like, man. And I've never felt this before, but Chris Collinsworth said this, um, or not Chris, it was Tony. Tony said this, well, Chris said it the week before, but Tony said this as well. It's like, it's Patrick Mahomes. You can't ever count them out. But I'm, I went from being confident whenever we're down one score, driving less than four minutes left in the fourth quarter. So I'm not, and it's not mm-hmm. Pat. It's not really most, it's not Pat. It's the weapons around him, but yeah. I just don't have confidence that we're going to execute. What sucks is he's like fourth and 15 heaves. They don't look like much, but within you look, you look back at it. It's like, Oh, that's another drop. Like we could have caught that ball. Yes. Like would it, would have D Hopkins, like what he got up and like caught that on fourth down, probably, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. and it's this just, whole season's the Super Bowl 55 all over again, six. All yeah. Over again. Yeah. It's just, it's a hangover. Yeah. I think it's also just, we're just having a bad, we're just having a bad year, which is normally what you hear from teams that lose the Super Bowl. But we won the Super Bowl and we won it in dramatic fashion. And we just don't have the pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem. And you look and you can say, well, this team's not any different than it was in years past, but nobody's progressing. The issue is that the guys that we needed to progress from last year haven't. They digressed. They digressed. (laughs) You needed Sky Moore to get better and become a weapon. 
He's not. Sky Moore is good for maybe 30 yards a game. Maybe. You needed MVS to become the deep threat. He's like not. he was in the AFC Championship like game. He was in the AFC Championship like Loki won us that game. And people keep forgetting. I don't, I don't see and it's not near as big as that every time the Chiefs lose a game because of the receivers, people talk about Tyreek Hill and whatever. Juju was a reliable option. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a I, it feels weird to call Juju a veteran, but he was. Yeah. I mean, he was a veteran presence that you could rely on Juju to get a catch in eight yards. He would he would find the open zone on every single play. Line. Yep. And he he could make a catch. He could move the sticks. And we lost Juju, and nobody came to replace that. Justin Watson, I, I like Justin Watson at some points in times, but Justin Watson is not good enough to be that. Well, and, we're asking him too much of him. Like, he can't be a receiver one yeah, or two. No, he shouldn't be. And he, he shouldn't be in that position. And so losing that, and we didn't make any gains. Uh, I mean, the game we made was Rasheed Rice, which is good. Mm-hmm. But none of the current, none of the players that we had on that Super Bowl team that stayed with us got better. And then we pick up McCall Hardman, and he has one catch, one catch, one catch, IR. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't, they failed to address this issue because they thought it was going to fix itself. And it clearly has not. And we've been talking about the receiver since the first week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like really the first time, um, I feel like in the Veach era, where we've been like, they messed up, like he messed up. Um, it did not go the way he thought it would, or the you know what he was wanting it to go because mm-hmm. they clearly should have done something in the off season. And fortunately, when Chiefs have had a weakness in the past with Veach, he has fixed that up maybe quicker than any GM. Like we had a bad off- offensive line when we lost the Super Bowl against the Bucks, mm-hmm. and by the next year, like mm-hmm. it was a yeah. top ten O line, and it's gotten better. And yeah, you know the D line's the same. Got Joe Tooney drafted yeah. Creed Humphrey like. These DBs are the same. All these guys are first and second years with McDuffie and Watson and um, Sneed is a he's third year, isn't he? Or is he second? Third. Well, no, third or fourth. So he's still pretty he's at, young. He's like, almost he, at the end of his like Veach, deal. I know that Veach patched it up fast, and it's it's mm-hmm. he's got some good guys. So I, I, there's no evidence it suggests that he'll do the same to the receivers. Um, but I just hate. Again, it's not a waste. The season's not over, but I hate possibly wasting a Mahomes a year of Mahomes in his prime. Right, know? and I think that and you you this is where you and I start to disagree. I think that the Juwan Taylor signing has been a problem, and we are allocating a significant amount of money to him in the future, mm-hmm. which is going to hamper their ability to pay other people. Yeah, and a good and bad thing that's about to happen is that we're going to lose Travis Kelsey's cap hit. But that's because we're going to lose Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He is probably done after this year or maybe one more. Mm-hmm. I think that if the season ends poorly this year. I, I don't think, think he'll want to go out. I don't think bad. he'll want to go out like that. Yeah. And I think they'll maybe try to do one last run and maybe spend big money on like getting a one-year free agent receiver or mm-hmm. something. But I think yeah. if it ends well, then Travis is done. And I'm not worried about Mahomes playing well, but we are going to have to have somebody to replace him. Yeah, I, I don't think Juwan has played as good as he did last year. I would, I am just really curious to see if, if they don't, if he's not the target of these penalties. I am curious, like the, the, the mental space the is such a huge thing in is, football. The false start is definitely been a problem, and I think you're right; it's affected him. Because now that's all he thinks about now. You know what I mean? I like, also think that he's not really been just as good as a straight up 
protector no out, rusher on the outside like i think i like him more than orlando brown though barely maybe because you also brown have, even messed up double teams i think you're taking like orlando brown's also comments and other things in there yeah with that as well. that's fair but that's just that seems to be a weakness that we just haven't fixed yet and i don't think taylor's the answer but let's just get trent williams we're from the niners yeah that'd be nice right maybe can you imagine how good this team would be if we had Trent Williams or Debo Samuel? Can you imagine how good the Chiefs would be if they had Debo Samuel? I could play in that 49er system, bro. <laughs> okay. I don't know. If I saw a picture of Brock like smiling over like a pizza, like a tree. It was like a pizza on the side in the shape of a tree and stuff. And someone quote tweeted and said, uh, Shanahan, Trent Williams, and Debo probably made the pizza and Brock just put the pepperoni slices on the top. That's a joke. I mean, that's pretty that's good. Fair. That's pretty good. I did. Did you see what Cam Newton said about him? Cam Newton called that's... him a game manager. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a side by side comparison of their first fourteen games? Mm-mm. Brock has much better stats. Really? More touchdowns, less picks, more yards. He has more tutties than Cam. Yeah. Even with him rushing. Yeah. Huh? Yep. So I don't. I think Cam Newton is doing his gotta say things to keep attention. Phase. Yeah. But. It, Anyway, I've digress. The, yeah, the Chiefs, it's been it's been bad. Um, let me ask you this: scale of one to ten, how confident are you that this team can make a Super Bowl this year? Five. That's a cop out. You just want to hang out in the middle. <laughs> well, I'm not. Explain it. No, I, I. It's valid. Why? Why do you believe it's a five? Why do you think it's five? <laughs> Um, for the negative reasons, for it being that low, I just – we are in week 15, and after the game Sunday, it was – you know, it's just penalties and mental errors, and we got to clean that up. And I think the first thing thought I have is it's week 15, and we're still – like, why? This shouldn't be a thing that we still have to clean up. Like, I – you know, in, in the past with Andy Reid, and maybe this isn't even intentionally to some degree – of like, there's some sloppy play at the beginning of the year, whether it's they're not using all their plays, they have new system, whatever it is. But by this time, they've like figured it out. Um, usually after the bye week, um, they might lose one or two more games against a really good opponent like the Bengals. But other than that, they win these games. But um, they're still struggling with things that I just feel like they should not be struggling with. But on the flip side, it's things that are fixable. Um that's true. My confidence in them being fixed, though, each week kind of dwindles as they continue not to fix them. But it's like, okay, if there's something that can be fixed, it is the penalties they commit, it's the turnovers, it's the not lining up correctly because, you know, that's all in your control and you mentally prepare for the games better and you might be able to fix that. Um, but I, Andy Reid is still the coach and Mahomes is still the quarterback. Um, and I just, I just have to think, even with last year, we had Juju, yes. You know, if Rasheed can play like he's been playing, if he can get us, you know, seven for 80 for a touchdown, if Kelsey can get close to 100. And I still, there's still a part of me, if like Kadoni, Kadoni, Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony can have a game like he did in the Super Bowl, which people forget he low-key helped us win that Super Bowl. The Without punt, his touchdown the, and with the, his punt the, return. The punt return was huge. I'm not sure. I don't know if he that. had much to do with the touchdown because he was wide He open. caught it, he though. <laughs> he caught it, though. It's fair. He did catch it, which is something he's been struggling um, to do this year. So if we get that game or when MVS stepped up in the AFC Championship after it seemed like 52 of the 53 guys got hurt in that game, 
he went for like 130 or, and the touchdown and he's the reason we won that. So part of me, and just deep down, I think, man, if we can have Kelsey and Rashid do have the games that they've consistently been able to have, and then Tony or MVS can have a game like that, like that's three guys with solid, you know, solid performances. The defense is better than it was last year when we won the series. Like, so that maybe that's just me, me being naive, naive and optimistic, but I, I, I legit think if we fix the turnovers and even one receiver steps up, I think this team could look really, really good. No, I think you're, I think you're right about that. I think the, the different, I'm, I'm at a three. Um, and I think it's just that I believe that that's going to happen and that it's going to be consistent. I, outside of the way the 49ers have been playing, I guess you can maybe include the Cowboys in that as much as I love to say it. Um, I we I mean we were in the game with the Eagles who have now dropped a couple and I, I don't know if there's a team in the AFC like I'm scared of you know I I don't Ravens look good but we've just never had any issues with the Ravens as good yeah, as even I the just, year he won MVP I think the Chiefs beat him and it was I, like yeah yeah I just don't I don't know about the I I'm just not really concerned about that so no. I think we can beat any team but I also just can't escape the thought in my head that we're going to be in a playoff game. It's going to come down to the wire and we're going to need to receive convert a third and 25 and it's not going to happen. And so the fact that that's there, I think I'm just at a three, which is I think probably the baseline you're at. If the chiefs have not mathematically been eliminated from the playoffs, I think with Mahomes and Andy Reid, you just have to believe that a three is that's the lowest you can possibly go. It's never going to be like a one. Mm -hmm. Um, well, even after the Raiders, let's even forget the Eagles. Yep, we lost. That sucks. They start slow against the Eagle, the Raiders, and then they go on a 31-3 to run. And it's like, even after that game, we're like, I mean, did they fix it? Like, they, it looks pretty good. I think if they pull out a win against the Packers and the Bills, and they usually could have, I think we're feeling fine, despite mm-hmm. the early season struggles and despite maybe even the, some of the bad things that happened in the Packers and Bills game. Mm-hmm. They found ways to win the, both the Packers and Bills game you know, and they're sitting at 10 and three now. Yeah, it's like, okay, they're, they're finding ways to win. You know, I think that's the conversation, but, um, but, but they're not, they're finding ways to lose. It feels like right now, there's no one better at be beating the chiefs than themselves. Yeah, honestly. exactly. And that's, but I think that they're going to do that. I can yeah. just see them doing that in a playoff game. The positive though, our next four our, matchups our, are against backup quarterbacks Yes, and not very good teams. Yes. Um, they they need they need to boat race the Patriots this weekend. This Patriots game should be two touchdowns minimum. As good as and our it defense is, yeah, it, we should still be able to. If it's not, then uh, if it's not, then I don't really have any hope. We also still have to win the division. Like that's not a foregone conclusion at this point. Mm-hmm. We're one game up. We're really two games up due to our conference record. Yeah, the tiebreaker we have. But we're really but, one game up now. I think the Lions have a need to have a get right game anyway. So I think that the Bron I don't really have a lot of confidence that the Broncos are gonna win this weekend. But if we lose and the Broncos win, it's 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 tied up. It's calamity. It's it's a disaster. Yeah. Because this this was sewn up should have been sewn up like week six. Yeah. So I think if the Broncos lose, I think the Chiefs it's not mathematically sealed, but I think the Chiefs have the division. If right. we win and the Broncos lose. I think you're right, because then we just pretty much have the one yeah. more. But what the Bengals obviously right is probably the most difficult with Jake Browning looking as pretty decent as he is. I don't. The Raiders don't yeah, we'll scare see. me. Stop. I know they scored sixty three, but no, scored, I'm not worried about the Raiders. And then the Chargers. The Chargers. <laughs> well, they might be better now. Well, Herbert's done for the year though. Yeah, I know, but 
Speaking of, of the Chargers, Brandon Staley. Done. We, we figured Done. out what, what gets Brandon Staley fired. It's 49 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. That's what gets him fired. Against a Raiders team that didn't score a point in the game before. Brandon Staley is a defensive coach, by the way. Um, that it, I, I, I didn't even believe the score when I looked at it. I was not planning on watching that game because I didn't really have a desire to watch Chargers Raiders. And so I got home and I looked at Twitter and it's been all Raiders. And I was like, oh, they're probably up like, I don't know, 21, 7 or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, they were up 42 to nothing at that point. Yeah, I, I knew you guys weren't watching it. I texted in the group chat like, are you guys like watching this right now? I couldn't Cause... believe it. I mean, they were, the, everything was going wrong for the Chargers. And yes, Justin Herbert is out. And, but still, I, they finally made the move that I, they should have made at the end of last season or three weeks into this season and they have fired Brandon Staley they have also fired their GM as well Mm -hmm. but do you have hope that the Chargers are going to turn around who's the coach who if you are a Chargers fan right now who who are you eyeballing oh Bill Belichick I guess because apparently there's Confirmed, like, pretty good sources is saying that they're going to... Do you want Bill, though? No, because what do you get? Like, five years? Um, Maybe Lions offensive coordinator? Like, I know he... Uh, it's, uh, ben Johnson, I believe, is his name. He's... People have all but confirmed he's going to be head coach just with how good that offense is looked. So maybe you try to go for him, but the Chargers have been historically cheap. So, like, you know, if... The Falcons, or if the Patriots can offer him more money, like why wouldn't he just go there? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this game proves something, though. I genuinely believe that this honestly proved how good Justin Herbert is. Yeah, because I think without Justin Herbert, it was just a train wreck. Like he has been like maintaining mediocrity with this team, and when we didn't see him, it was like, oh, so this team is bad, yeah. you know? So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who they're gonna hire. Um, they, I don't think they can be cheap. Now they fired. Well, let's see. Is a gen- is a GM hire the head coach, or is that an owner? Well, generally it's the GM, but sometimes whenever they fire both, the owner does a package deal, like hires both of them together and tries to like. So maybe they won't be cheap anymore because the GM's gone. Because they've just historically the owner is cheap is why they're cheap. It's not because the GM was cheap. I mean, they have the guys too. That's the thing, and we've said this about the Chargers every single year for the past my lifetime. They have the guys. Mm-hmm. They've always had the guys to win. And they've had great quarterbacks. They went from Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert. That's pretty good. Like everybody talks about how the, you know, it's it's so lucky of the Packers to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And oh my gosh, the Colts went from like what they had one bad year in between, but they mm-hmm. went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. The Chargers have had really good quarterbacks too the entire time. And so yeah, two of those guys are Hall of Famers. The fact that I mean, this team can't even be a factor yeah. in the playoffs is ridiculous. I don't know. That's wild. I, I, I think they went out. I do. Would like to throw Jim Harbaugh out there. Oh, yeah. I think that could happen. I think that if if Michigan wins a national title in in college football, I think that Jim Harbaugh will probably have nothing left really that he wants to do mm-hmm. there. And I think that he'll probably think I could have won a Super Bowl and I got so close and I almost did and I didn't. Yeah. I want to do that. And what better way to do that than to go to a team that already has a lot of pretty much all the pieces that you feel like you need and, by the way, has a top 10 quarterback already. That's the thing about the, like the Falcons and the, 
than the Patriots job. And I think the Bears job is going to obviously be open as well. The Panthers job. None of those teams have quarterbacks. No, but the the Bears, you're going to be drafting one, likely. Um, so well, I guess, I guess it depends on the GM, though, right? Like, Fields, I have on fantasy. He's looked pretty decent. Like, not, is that... I don't think there's any way they keep yeah. him. I think they feel like that experiment is filled. Um, and they're probably going to try to trade him now after the season. When If he finishes the season strong, he's going to have a good value. Mm-hmm. So, that's... My only hiccup is, like, man, the Chargers are number one in over-the-cap spending next year they have so much not only dead money but so much money over the cap so i'm like are people just going to avoid the job like i'm not going to that crap storm i, like, I mean you could say that but like who do they need like who do they well, need the defense just the defense isn't looking great i know like the I, names seem impressive yeah but i don't know if that's i don't know if that's that, you think in that scheme scheme yeah i think it might be yeah you don't i don't think your players are bad enough to give up six like they quit that's true those players quit but professional athletes yeah, should yeah. not be but I, I don't think your players are good yeah. enough to do that. I think that they have the guys. I think it's the scheme that hasn't worked, which is, again, why it's the Staley thing is so hilarious because mm-hmm. he's a defensive coach. And they didn't. And he'll probably get hired as a def- coordinator again or maybe. maybe like a linebacker's coach. I think coach this somewhere. might be a go back to college. Well, <laughs> I, could, I could go see it. Figure yeah, it out. Go figure it out at like UMass or something. Yeah. Be there quality control coach for a year before you're allowed back up. Yeah, dude, take I don't a think I, he's got to be like radioactive in terms of and if I don't I don't think you can hire him. Yeah. What were you impressed by? Like I mean, yes, he, he had a good team in 2021, but yeah, pretty much every His first losing season in the last two seasons is like Yeah. But it's lose it's losing despite, it's finding ways to lose. Mm-hmm. They that that's what the Chargers have been doing. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of Yeah. I don't, I don't um, think anybody touches Staley. I wouldn't. Yeah, no. Be, uh, before we move on, I do – that last point I think is a really interesting conversation. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, mathematically, obviously, Chiefs have a path to the one seed. Standings mm-hmm. right now, Ravens at one, uh, ten and three. Dolphins are the two seed at nine and four. Chiefs are sitting at third at eight and five. Um Jags are at four, also at eight and five. The Chiefs have the head-to-head tiebreaker, tiebreaker, which is why they're above them. Right. Um, those are the four division winners. The Miami Dolphins schedule for the rest of the year. They play the Jets, the Cowboys, at the Ravens versus the Bills. The Ravens play at the Jags, at the Niners versus the Dolphins versus the Steelers. Nathan, I want to ask you, statistically, obviously, there's a way for Chiefs to get the one seed. But just, is it likely? Is it probable? Is there a chance just in looking at it, not just looking at numbers, but like, is there a chance the Chiefs get the one seed, assuming that they went out against these four very underwhelming teams? Yeah, I think there's a chance. I think that the, well, the the two teams ahead of them playing each other helps, mm-hmm. certainly. And we'll see who you, but the problem is you might have won, the wrong team might win that game for you. You know, um, I I'm, I still have a problem with the Dolphins. I, I they, that was bad. They that loss was teams. bad. That was a terrible loss. Being up by two touchdowns with four minutes left against a not good, uh, a not. Good well, and before Titans those team. abysmal turnovers, Titans were actually driving. What was it, thirteen, thirteen, mm-hmm. or something? And uh, they, the Dolphins hadn't scored a touchdown. It was a pick six and two field goals the entire right. game. I was and, like, and Tyreek left. I mean, Tyreek seems to always be having like 
muscle issues or something pulling things probably because the human body's not supposed to go that fast yeah so it's not natural nature's like all right dude but i i don't i think the ravens are going to get it i i can see the chiefs doing it but i just feel like the ravens are probably going to do it i would trust them to to get the one seed now i don't know if that's ultimately the most important thing i mean we we haven't really been in the position where we haven't had it but Patrick Mahomes. So I, I don't we know actually have a losing record, or I don't know that you need it. I, I think know. we have a, we have a worse record. I know for sure at home this year than on the road. We are yes, we definitely do. Oh, we're four and two away and four and three at home. I guess so. That's not like ooh, but, but still, I don't know that we need it. Um, it's just what we've always had. So I don't think it's a necessity, but it'd be nice to yeah. not have to play an extra playoff game. Not worried about the wild card game though. I think, and you could easily have. I think the AFC's wide open enough that I don't think the one seed means you're hosting an AFC championship game. I agree. I agree. So even if the Chiefs don't get it and the Ravens get it, I don't know that it necessarily means the Ravens are going to win their divisional game. Yeah, I think it's good, probably a prime year for upsets just based on how close all of the teams are. In yeah. the AFC that are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm honestly I'm very confident Chiefs will get the two seed. Uh, Dolphins are just one game up and. We have the head-to-head. If they lose one game, the Chiefs get up. And they have to play the Jets, who just apparently just not an easy win for these division teams. Is Zach Wilson good? But then they have to play Cowboys at the Ravens and against the Bills. Mm. They just lost the Titans. They beat bad teams. The the big thing is... And they've lost to good teams. How desperate are the Bills going to be at that point? Are the Bills going to be in a situation where they could... They could actually still make the playoffs. And I guess even if they're not, do they? Do I mean, they, they're seven and six. Do and they the, hate Miami enough to like really get motivated to just not have them get a good seed? I don't know. I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I know they're 11 seed, but like there's like 18, seven, and six teams. If let's just say, I mean, this is reasonable to, to say this. They've got to win this weekend. Though. Dolphins lose to the Cowboys, which is a tough matchup. If the Bills then beat the Dolphins, then they would have the tiebreak. They would be tied, and Bills would have been they beat them twice in the season. Bills have the tiebreaker. Bills would be one of the four seeds. Mm-hmm. So I think there will definitely be motivation. Mm-hmm. I think the tough part is the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to lose two games, and we would have a better conference record. We'd get the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. So they'd either have to drop at the Jags, at the Niners, versus Dolphins, versus the Steelers. It's possible. So we need the Dolphins to beat the Ravens, but not win other games. Exactly. And, I mean, playing the Jags and Niners back-to-back weeks on the road in primetime, I don't envy the Ravens, it's but they're good enough to possibly win it. But there's honestly a chance that they, they lose that. And uh, I, you know, this is what's so frustrating about this though. Cause if we just want to beat the bills then we could just win out and it wouldn't matter what anybody else does. Yep. 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 It's just never nice to have to root for other teams to lose. Just so you get, this is like kind of the first time we've experienced this. I feel like well, there was the that weird, Patriots there was that one year weird. when they lost the bad Dolphins. Remember, and we got that the one nice. seed. Kevin Harlan was. I'm calling both games. There yeah. was the weird situation with what to do with the Bills Bengals game last year, and that ended oh, up changing that's right. stuff. Um, so that kind of I don't know. I, I think we could do it, but I also don't think it's necessarily going to be as important this year. As that's true. If they keep playing the way they're playing, it may not matter. Really matter. You know, yeah. so it's more embarrassing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Than so. That's true. That's a very good point. All right, David, let's make some picks. Week 15, uh, Saturday games. Oh, dang, yeah. Okay. So we have, we have, what is it, three Saturday games? Yep, three 12, 330, and a 7-15 game. Yep, and we will be busy. Yeah, I don't remember what, though. <laughs> yeah, we're doing something on Saturday. I don't know why. It might be why I'm in Maryville right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But you want to go first? I feel like I always go first. You know what? Yeah, I do want to go first. And the first game I'm going to pick, the favorite. Stop it. They're not even favorite. I'm literally just going to pick the Chiefs. <laughs> you feeling good? I just need to pick the Chiefs to beat the Patriots. The Chiefs. Surely, right? Should cover the Patriots. Don't call me Shirley. But yeah, yeah. yeah don't call me Shirley. But yeah, I, 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 I went two and two last week, and uh, I'm also going to give me the give me of the Niners beating the Cards. Mm, the Cardinals. The Cardigans. It would be objectively hilarious. Oh, the be. After just give me two L. Crown the Niners. Congratulations, San Francisco 49ers on being the week seven and week fifteen Super Bowl champs. Sure. Good job. Honestly, I, 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 I yep. see it. It's looking fantastic. Um, next one. There's two really, really good games, and I feel like we might pick both of these. And not even in dogs necessarily, but just in general. But I might, I might have an underdog. Give pick. me. Mm, no, I don't like that. The team you despise. That's just a layup, dude. Give me the Giants. Oh, I was even looking at the jet. Oh, playing the Saints. Yeah, yeah is Derek hurt? I think he's hurt. Yeah, doesn't matter, dude. I saw a list. He's like broken four ribs this year, sprained a shoulder, like two concussions. It's like the kid is just yeah, and, and he's also not good when he is playing. So I just I have to believe in as a as a proud Italian, I have to believe in Tommy DeVito. They're kicking themselves because they paid Daniel too much just to not bring him back when he's <laughs> healthy. But Tommy's. Not, at least not turn the ball over as much yeah, as Yeah, I don't know. I think that this is – if there's been some – a lot of people have done this comp, so I'm not unique in this, but this is a insanity. I, I think that Tommy DeVito maybe has one more game, and then I think it probably falls off. Because it's not like him. he's throwing 303 touchdowns. Nope. It's like nope. one, he's, one and one, but he's, 200. He's playing, he's playing well enough to yeah, let them win, and I think they're yep. probably feeling great. And I think the Saints have got to be feeling the opposite of great right now. I mean, I don't know. What are you looking forward to as a Saints fan? Um Weirdly, you can still win the division, but do you really feel like you can do that? Yeah, and do you want to? Because you're just going to get creamed whoever you play. Yeah. The first By potentially the team that I'm picking uh, to upset, uh, give me the Cowboys. They're playing at the Bills in Orchard Park. Bills are favored by two and a half. Um, which I, that home, Vegas home line has moved a little bit lately. I think is the home now like one and a half points now? It's not nearly as yeah, much as it used to, right? Yeah, it used to be. So I'm, I honestly am a little surprised because the Cowboys the last couple of weeks have been dealing. And I, I do like, I mean, they beat the Seahawks and the Eagles pretty, pretty comfortably. And I think the Cowboys look good. This is the Cowboys team I thought oh, I would see when I picked them to win this, to make the Super Bowl. So funny when they lose this game. Oh, probably. <laughs> but when I picked them to, them and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl before the season started, this is the team I thought I would see. This is honestly probably the team that, People thought the Cowboys could be. We just haven't seen. I think it. if there's a team that needs home field advantage more than anybody else, it's the Cowboys. Though I, yeah. they are, I feel like a different team on the road. I think they score like 25 points per game more on the road uh, at home and on the road. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think they need that. So this them traveling up to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't checked the forecast. I'd be hoping for a snow game. But 36 and cloudy, uh, according to <laughs> AccuWeather. We don't get any snow games anymore. It's so stupid. Um, wild card. So, you gonna get frisky? You're gonna go easy. That's, I, that's the question. I don't want to pick any of these games. A lot of these games seem like they suck. Bears, you and the Bears over the Browns. That's so stupid. I'm done. Um, I mean, field is looking pretty decent, and the Browns keep having injuries um, on their defensive side of the ball, which is the strongest side of the ball. And am I gonna believe in whoever's playing quarterback for the Browns? No. So. 
I, I, I think the Bears also have a decent run defense, which is obviously Cleveland's biggest strength on offense. So I'm just going to keep the let the Bears stay hot, I guess. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick them. I really want to do something stupid, but I don't well, know I if I can afford to. to. Technically, it was the Cow pick, Cowboys pick my stupid pick or no? No, I think the Cowboys are probably too good of a team for it to be a dumb pick. Okay, I'll save that one for the end then. Um, I'll, I'll do a Saturday game. We've not looked at any of the Saturday games. Yeah, um, it, let's fun on a Saturday. Let's dabble the toes into this this action. I don't even know what that means. Um, I think Lions, as good as they've been, are, their backs are kind of against the wall. They kind of need this win. They're playing at home. Give me the Lions to beat the Broncos and to end the Broncos' hopes um, at a playoff spot. That's definitely one of those you're picking it because you also just want it to happen. But yeah, which I fully. But understand. I do think the Lions can win, and I think they get yeah. back. But yeah, um, I oh, I was thinking about, I'm actually just going to stay away from that Bengals Vikings games. I I have no idea. The Vikings scored three points last week, but the Bengals haven't. Jake Browning hasn't played good defense. Yeah, I don't know if I should start Justin Jefferson or not. Give me this. Give me the Steelers. Um, mm. Lockdown defense. I know a few things, and one of them is that Mike Tomlin. Whenever you're like, "God, this Steelers team is terrible," and they go on the road and they're underdogs, they just win those. So yeah. I'm just gonna do that. And the Colts are. I, I don't understand the Colts' record. Right? Colts stink, right? Am I crazy? All I know is Michael Pittman has got me over 25 points the last four weeks. Yeah, it must be nice <laughs> to still be caring about fantasy. I haven't been in the playoffs, so I don't give him a darn. Yeah. Um, hey, it happens. Yeah, it, it does. happens. It happens to me. Last year you were you were in it deep, but this year you're not. It Last year I was like two and you got third? Two and eight, and I made a run to get into the playoffs. It was, it was wild. the one seed in the first weekend. Yeah, was that TJ? But yeah, but it's not going to happen this year because I was not in it at all. Uh, but I just. I don't know the Steelers, but and they also just walloped the Colts. I think they're like six, or the Colts are six and twenty-six against the Steelers, like all time. And mm-hmm. um, the Steelers are also just good at winning under Mike Tomlin when they're underdogs, forty-five and forty-two outright um, since Tomlin entered the league in two thousand and seven as underdogs. Yeah, and, and I, they, I don't know. I likes to throw a nice interception or two, which is the only way the Steelers can score. Ironically, maybe Matt Canada wasn't the problem. Maybe. I mean, he certainly wasn't helpful. Well, this is something I want to talk about. I think Mike Tomlin is a good coach. And I know we've talked about he's never had a losing record. They haven't won a playoff game in seven years. And it's been first-round exit, missed playoff, missed playoff, first-round exit, first-round exit, missed the playoff, missed the playoff. So he's not had a losing record, but like, at what point is – Here's the problem. Mike Tomlin. Who was the best quarterback he had in those last seven years? Because Big Ben wasn't Big Ben anymore. Yeah, but he's also part of picking up that no, franchise I agree quarterback. With you, but I you think know? that the reason the Steelers are bad, I don't. I mean, it, you could definitely say it was Mike Tomlin partially, but I think the reason that they're bad is they haven't had a good quarterback. <laughs> well, their they're defense has had to carry the offense, and then the defense gets hurt. Right. And by the time playoffs start, it's right. like, well, we can't do right. anything. Yeah, because TJ Watt is not going to play a full season. Yeah. He's addicted to not doing that. Yeah. So. All right, here's the dumb pick. Yeah, do your dumb one. Um, give me the Seahawks over the Eagles. Ooh, Eagles dropping three in a row. Um, they uh, the Seahawks look good. Um, the they get they'll get Geno back. Even with Drew Locke, they actually played pretty decent. Um, 
lost in a close game to the Niners. The Seahawks have had a gauntlet schedule, dude. They've played Niners at Cowboys at Niners. <laughs> and so that's just unlucky. Um, at six and seven, their hope's not over, which is why I think they'll be fine in this game. Because like if they win against the Eagles and they have the Titans, Steelers, Cardinals, they could make the playoffs still. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And But Geno's back. Kenneth Walker's back for the first time in two or three games. Um, DK is been on my bench and he just continues to get to get uh yards continues to get touchdowns so very well. I, I don't know it's it's in seattle it'll be cold and windy and philly's not necessarily you know not used to that um but it's it's loud in seattle in a home night game and yeah i don't know this could be a- both have lost three or actually seahawks have lost four in a row eagles have lost three in a row or two in a row two in a row this will make it three this happen. This is this could Eagles? be a dead battery game for Philly because if they lose this game, then the next home game they play, they might get dead batteries thrown at them if they don't play well in that game either. It's true. So, yeah, Eagles aren't frauds. I'm not saying that, mm. but they've played two quality opponents the last two weeks and they've lost. And they've honestly should. I, I know I'm I'm going to be that guy. They should have lost. Gino's playing, right? Yeah. Okay. We're not doing. Drop. And Kenneth is back, so they're going to get starting running back and starting quarterback back. Yeah. I, no, I can see it. I can see it. And if they lose... I think it's as dumb as you maybe thought it was initially. Wait a second. Oh, Cowboys right now actually have... Yeah. I did not know that. Based on win percentage yeah. and division game. So Cowboys are literally in the lead yeah, right they now. split the series. So. Didn't even know that. So if Cowboys went out, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's huge. I mean, they're going to get the five seed as the Eagles because then the six seed is the seven and six Vikings. So. Yeah, that's not happening. But, um, Yeah. I spoke too long on that, but uh, maybe you know it's. No, I think I think it was a good point. Um, Eagles are good, though. I want people to hear that. Yeah, really, really good team. Eagles are good, but who knows? They're kind of they just they have also been shooting themselves in the foot a lot recently. So see if they continue to do that. All right, that was our week uh, fifteen picks, David. Let's let's start talking about some movies. Okay. Um. First, before we before we actually just break down our best of the year lists, um, movie year. Do you think twenty twenty three has been a good movie year? Um, I think this is one of the better movie years we've had since uh, maybe since twenty nineteen. Um, might be the best one since twenty nineteen because we had some gauntlets. And there's still some kind of coming out. Imagine how good it would have been too if we had like Dune two this year. Honestly, that's that just the worst thing. Like November, where we didn't have very many movies coming out. And I just can't believe that they tried made... to convince themselves that the Hunger Games movie was really good. It was Sorry. pretty good. <laughs> not very good. It was pretty good. It's not making your top five. Let me look. No, I don't have to look. I'm Stop. kidding. It's not. It did Stop. not. I'll tell you right now that Hunger Games movie is at eighteen. So it's like it was decent, but I'm like it's not going to hit mm-hmm. top fifteen on mm-hmm. me for me. So. All right. Well, before we actually just start ranking them, best ones. What what is the worst movie that you twenty twenty three movie that you saw? Hmm. I'm just very interested. I actually just talked about this. You did just talk about it, um, yeah. but say it because it's obvious. Um, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, Winnie the Pooh became public domain um, after however many years Disney had it. Uh, and honestly, after seeing this movie, may, maybe, maybe I'm in support of monopolizing these characters <laughs> yeah. and just keeping them under control of one yep. uh, big company because this was a rough movie. Uh, it is a 1.2 out of 5 star in Letterboxd. Uh, the other two people that have seen this that I know also gave it a half star. 
actually what's funny is one of these people, I suggest that she used to watch it on her story, not knowing anything about it other than it being bad. And she was mad at me. I was like, dog, you chose to watch that. You saw the radio. Yeah, you could have looked at the poster, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. It was so, so bad. Um, yeah, we talk about this sometimes, but it was past bad, funny. It was like bad, like annoyed, like dude. Where you're constantly like hitting the up arrow on your remote so you can check and see how much time you have left. In yes. This movie. Yeah. So I... You know, I've, that's past me. I mean, I have been curious. I've been like, I'm just, I want to see what this movie is like. I know it's going to be bad, but I'm just curious. And it, it met that expectation and being bad. So that's the worst. Other one you mentioned already, Shazam Fury of the Gods was just, was just not good. So that was, yeah, I'm, I'm not watching that. I'm just, I am now reached the point in my life. I say this like I'm 45, 23. Uh, I've reached a point in my life where if I think a superhero movie looks bad, I'm just going to not watch it. You can't afford to watch. You don't, don't, you don't have the time to watch that. Really yeah, I'm just not going to watch a superhero movie that looks bad. And that movie looked terrible. And I, Is that your worst I, watch of the year? Or do you actually I have... haven't seen it. I wouldn't watch oh, it because true. you hated it so much. My worst one of the year, it, it's almost a superhero movie. I'll talk about that one too. The Apple TV Plus movie Ghosted starring Ana de Armas oh, you went with, you went and that? Chris Evans. That was a while ago. A movie that I had a one-star rating on. This is a movie written and it's made by AI. Like seriously, just no. But no, okay. like, the the, the writing is lazy. Anna Downis and Chris Evans have no chemistry, which is shocking. Um, it's pretty. They're they're terrible. It, the plot here's the plot. It is, it is Cole, who's played by Chris Evans, is a like farmer, um, like nature green thumb guy. That's all he cares about. And Ana de Armas is a secret agent who has no attachments. Classic, like, I don't have anyone. I don't talk to anyone. And they, like, get accidentally onto a mission together and they have to save the world. And I don't even remember a lot of the stuff about the villains in this movie. This is terrible. It, was, it didn't look good. Um, most of the action sequences are CGI crap. And it was not well acted at all. Incredibly wooden performances. Ana de Armas is wearing possibly one of the worst fake wigs I've ever seen in my entire life in a movie. And it's so close to her at, normal hair. Why didn't you just use that? If you're <laughs> if you're in a place right now where you can do this, essentially if you're not driving, just Google the poster. Yeah, I saw it. the movie's as good as the poster. This movie's terrible. It was made on Microsoft Word. And I'd I'd like to say this this um, Agent Argyle movie that's coming out. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Also looks equally as bad. Every time I see the trailer, I think, God, this is terrible. What's it? How do you From the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn, who made the Kingsman movies, which I would not describe as twisted in any way, shape, or form, Mm -hmm. comes a Dua Lipa, Henry Cavill movie that's about a book. That's about an author who writes books that are exciting. So you there's some pretty good actors in there, but yeah, who cares? Yeah, and it's it just looks terrible. It, everything looks garbage. Um, I it like has this. I don't know if this is like an Apple thing, but they're sometimes their movies have this like just fake like saccharine shine on them that I hate. Mm-hmm. This like plastic feel. That's what Argyle looks like. Probably because everything feels like it was shot on a soundstage and nothing was actually shot on location and nobody went outside. Mm-hmm. So that, that was terrible. Um, the most popular list that's linked to this Argyle movie is titled Trailers I See in the Theaters That Make Me Think I Will Kill Myself If I Have to See This Trailer One More Time. <laughs> yes, and I've been in the movies a lot recently, and it plays before every single movie I'm going to 
haven't seen him in a while. But like Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, like Catherine, Catherine O'Hara, like Samuel Jackson. This is a like, paycheck whoa. movie. This yeah. is a these people took a paycheck from Apple because Apple's willing to just also, write massive checks. We both know Dua Lipa's in that movie for one reason. Because you can say you had Dua Lipa in your movie? Yes, and I I think other reasons. <laughs> Not for her acting. But she I don't know. She was Barbie? <laughs> I guess she wasn't. But I was like, she's not. She's she doesn't have like, much of a acting. She's in Barbie for like half a second. No, she's yeah. A couple movies maybe. It's another celebrity that you can cram in there and make a famous person. Like, oh, people will know who this yeah, is. Exactly. Know? And the other worst one I saw was The Flash, which is yeah. In yeah. The Flash, um, he catches babies in microwaves during one yeah. sequence. Oh yeah, he like puts them in the microwave. The movie's also two and a half hours long. Oh my gosh. Um, Michael Keaton beating people up was cool. Yeah, and that was it. But we saw that in the that trailer. Like three minutes, yeah. And we saw most of that in the trailer. <sighs> so that was terrible. So those are the worst things. That there I were there were some bad moments, I will say. Poor moments. I think for me, through, flying through these, like Meg 2, Cocaine Bear, Megan, Cocaine Bear Renfield, bad. 65, I, not great. Renfield was 65 was so boring. That was such a disappointment. The new Transformers, I was disappointed in. Was not very good. So there were... Um, you had high expectations for the new Transformers movie? Man, I grew up on those for those first three, Brad. Those were fire. Are they? I think you need to rewatch One them. and two are good. That, nothing more. Good. No. One is decent. That's it. That's all I'm going to give you. I'm gonna <laughs> but give when you. Mark Wahlberg enters that... <sighs> oh, yeah. Where they have the five-minute scene where they have to explain why the 21-year-old dating the 17-year-old isn't actually a problem and isn't actually illegal. Yeah. That Magic Dragon song is pretty cool, though. Um, I don't remember which one goes with. I'm not gonna sing it. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> all right, let's so, talk yeah. about let's talk about movies that are. Yeah, good. let's bring our spirits back okay. up. Well, How do you want to do this? I think we just go five to one, and sure. then I, we're we're going to ruin each other's list. This is this is the problem with this um, is that we're going to uh, have a lot of crossover. I right now over under three and a half movies the same. You're taking the under or the over for us, our top fives. Under. You're taking the under? Yeah. You must have some surprises coming, because I don't yeah. think so. I really liked Indiana Jones. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's not making a list. I'm All right, kidding. David, fifth best movie of oh, the year. I'm still thinking, too, because it's like, okay, qual, like, you know, I have my ranked movies of, like, this. I like this movie more, but for mm-hmm. the sake of the list on the podcast. Yeah, is it best or is it favorite? What are we What are we saying best as? Yeah, are we saying best as, like, best to us or best? I think best to us. Best to us. But then that's another can of worms of whatever way we think best is to us. Right, you but know? certain things you're going to like more than I like and vice versa. Yeah. So. Okay, five, David. I'm, I'm making you make a pick. I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm just actually going to bump this movie up. Uh, the Killer. David Fincher. You are my guy. My kindred spirit. Um, this this actually is seven right now on my list. But just last second, I was like, I, give me The Killer. Um, directed by David Fincher. Um, starring Michael Fassbender. And I guess Tilda, Tilda Swinton, she was in there. But it's a Michael Fassbender movie. Um, and I just love it. It's quirky. Uh, it's detail-oriented. And uh, it's it's a fun like spy assassin thriller. We talked about this on our pod of like, oh my gosh, my, one of my favorite things was like just the cool spy things that you do of like throw the backpack off the bridge, throw yes. the jacket in the trash composter, the sniper very carefully. And- it's just like little stuff like that. I was like, I could I could be a spy, you know. So like I liked it. Um, I still think this movie's hilarious. By the way, it's funny. I know a lot yeah, of people don't think it's funny. <laughs> Well, and this could very easily, even with another director or someone else writing, like Ugh. it could have been awkward, funny, or like 
why are you trying to be funny? But I think David Fincher just does it in a, in a very good way that, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting that at five. I got to edit my list because I literally just made that change. So I have it at six. So, okay. So it's just missing for me, um, but I'm so glad that you put it on there because I did want to talk about it. I, I really think that this is a, a, just an achievement by Fincher and also like a, it showcases that just because you're like a great director doesn't mean you always have to make your like magnum opus like epic every year. Mm. Like, cause we got that a lot this year with movies that were, I'm a hundred percent certain are going to be on our list. Two movies, three movies, maybe mm-hmm. that are definitely going to be on our list. That are like these big sweeping, like statements on the filmmaker themselves. Yeah. I think this movie is about David Fincher. I, I think that's a very clear reading of it. He's a known perfectionist. And this movie is about a perfectionist who can't make everything perfect. Mm. But yeah, I think it's fine to make a smaller movie. Like I don't, everybody was like, Oh, this is small. Like this isn't, this isn't as like vast and sweeping as something mm-hmm. like Fight Club or The Social Network or Seven. Like, yeah. yeah, it's okay to make a small movie as long as it's David Fincher making a small movie. Yeah, every single movie doesn't have to be three hours and make right. $700 million. Right. Like, exactly. This is something clearly he's been wanting to make. And he's like, it may not be huge, but I had fun watching this and uh, making this. And I think you can tell he had fun making it because mm-hmm. I had fun watching it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, five mm-hmm. is the killer for me. My number five is going to be Anatomy of a Fall, um, the French film that is pretty much certainly going to compete for best picture now when the palm door, which is um, just the top prize at the Cannes film festival. It's, it's a very well-respected movie that I got the chance to see just because it was, I live in Kansas city and now I can see those kinds of movies. It is a French crime procedural whodunit. Um, Oh, I forgot about this. I've been wanting to watch this. The plot of this movie is that um, there is a family of three and a husband, wife, and a son. And the husband falls and dies, dies from a fall in his house. And then the movie is about whether or not the wife did it at the end. But it's also about the whole, their whole relationship. It bounces back from stories about them to going into the courtroom. And it does become largely a courtroom drama in the second half. Some of the like most impassioned speeches I've ever seen in a movie, great monologues. The prosecuting attorney is just going for it in this film. Mm. Um, also French court, you can just shout out opinions and not even just question the defendant at any point in time during anyone's testimony when, when you want. It's crazy. Do what it's, you want. it's like there's no rules, essentially. Um, but it's a it's a, like a gripping whodunit um, and... It's one that I think like is a real good conversation movie. Like, I'm really excited for you to see this, and I'm sure it's going to come to streaming before the Oscars just to get more eyeballs on it. But I'm excited for you to see it just because I want to talk about it because there's so many different things. It's two and a half hours, but it mm-hmm. does not feel bad. It's very entertaining. Yeah. It goes by very quickly. Um, but it's, it's a movie that has a lot to say about marriage and about... Um, what makes a person evil, what makes a person guilty, what makes a person wrong. Um, and do those things necessarily make them a murderer? Mm. Um, and I, I, amazing performances, obviously, uh, Sandra Huller is the, the lead of this film and, and she's the strongest, but a, a great child performance. Um, the little boy, Daniel, um, played by Milo Machado Grainer. I'm definitely not saying that right, but, um, has a lot of difficult things he's asked to do in this movie and he does them very well. Mm-hmm. I just think this is a movie like the more people see it, people are going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, it was an easy, like instant four stars. As soon as I watched it, I want to rewatch it. I think it's a movie that's probably going to reward rewatches. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to dive into it again. 
Yeah, I've never seen this in theaters. I actually forgot about it, but I, I, it's already on my watch list because I think after I left whatever movie I was watching, I added this because it looks really interesting. I even love the the poster. It's like really simple, but mm-hmm. you can. There's just a lot of tension mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so no, I I for, completely forgot about this. And I yeah, I hope it comes out on streaming because it's definitely something I've been wanting to watch. Yeah. My number four um, is a movie that we probably forgot about. Um, uh guardians of the galaxy volume three mm, I, you're right i have mm-hmm. i have kind of forgotten about that movie since so much has happened yeah. since then. james gunn's goodbye uh to marvel and man it was it, it really good um all of james gunn's marvel projects i thought were at the very least in, insanely just creative and and just well put together the music is of course always good and the visuals are impressive um second one is i'm lower on but i still think it's visually impressive and the music's wonderful performances were great here um and also a very very emotional um movie i would say outside of you know infinity war endgame maybe the most emotional marvel movie also the most violent one um i don't think we both either of us were expecting no, um, yeah, there was a how lot. it just kind of Especially gory and violence animal. it would be. I don't yeah. know if I'll watch this again. It was good. It might be one of those. I really liked yeah. it, but I don't know if I'm going to watch it again because mm-hmm. it was that. It was that kind of harrowing. Honestly, but it's just so well made, and James Gunn just manages to bring out like good performances out of every single character. Because I mean, I thought Chris Pratt had one of honestly his best performances in the MCU in this mm-hmm. movie. Zoe Saldana, always good. Dave Bautista, always funny. And they actually tapped into like an emotional bit that I, I, I honestly, it worked for me. Uh, Karen Gillan, um, so many. I mean, there, there's just so many actors in this and they all just always seem to do so well when James Gunn is directing. So yeah. uh, I really like this and I, I do want to rewatch it. But again, it's like, I, I, I don't know if I will because it is a heavy, heavy watch. So. I have a bad feeling that that's it. That that was like the end for Marvel. Like the final, like, or not even a bad feeling, I guess. I just, I feel like that might've been it. Mm -hmm. The way that, um, I think that movie kind of felt like a capstone Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways for a lot of the stuff we had seen previously. Yeah. And now there's reports that like actors are wanting out of their contracts that they have. And they like, Tom Hiddleston's reportedly done with Loki and like, which as a show I haven't caught up on yet. I, I I've heard it's incredible. Though. I have completely fallen out though. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I'll get back. But out of all the stuff I've missed, I, I think I will, I will watch Loki season two because many people have said like, it is mind blowing. Well, and Loki, like the first season was one of the shows that I really actually enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, Guardian, the original Guardians of the Galaxy is still my favorite MCU movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy the so tone good. of those films. I think James Gunn does a lot of things well um, in all of those movies, too. I'm not as high on. But yeah, I thought this was a great capstone, and, and you felt like it was an end. Mm-hmm. It, it, was a, it was a proper ending for a lot of those characters. Absolutely. So I enjoyed that. My number um, four is going to be another superhero movie, the only one that's really even close to being on my list. Um, and that is into the Spider Verse, or mm. sorry, across the Spider Verse, um, which also feels like it's so long ago. Um, this movie came out, but I don't want to like dampen how amazing it was when it came out. It's one of those universally like it's a, a beloved theater experience for me. I got the opportunity to see this with my friend TJ in IMAX. Um, and the just animation style, the story, like 
it's just this is it this is exactly what animated films can be and what superhero stories can be um i think they built up so much goodwill with the audience in the first movie and just continued it on yes there's Maybe it would be higher if I felt like it was a complete, it, it's not a complete story. I, I don't know if that really bothers me as much as it does other people, but this definitely ends in like a, there's going to be a part two, but I just, I really enjoyed everything about this from the vocal mm-hmm. performances to the storyline. I thought the spot was a, a fantastic villain for, for this multiversal story. And it's a multiversal story that doesn't feel exhausting. And mm-hmm. all of the other ones do to me yeah. pretty much every other one besides this and everything everywhere all at once has felt exhausting to me anytime you talk about the multiverse and i just i really think that this is probably as strong as it's going to get for superhero movies for a long time Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm excited to see what happens in the next one yeah no i agree um as you guessed my movie is also on this list so i'll share my feelings whenever whenever we get to it because it's not number three wow number three for me is probably on your list i don't know you can you can reveal that if you want to or not but number three for me is killers of the flower moon um it is on my list yes just what came out a month mm, a month or two ago now directed by martin scorsese um and yeah loaded cast leonardo dicaprio lily gladstone notice i said her before i said robert de niro jesse Plemons. yeah um better win an oscar and another this is actually there's a, I just realized there's a theme on my top five list of like another like really good, but just really heavy movie. Do I want to watch this again with just how deep and like mm-hmm. emotionally draining it is really, really good. Um, I also, I actually learned when they initially got this script, they were going to do like a movie of like how the FBI was created and like a, the, an action yeah, packed, like, which would have been fun. But I think Leo and Martin quickly realized that they needed to tell a different story. And, um, mm-hmm. I think it's short, you know. I think it. I think it went well. Um, I think it, it's doing just fine um, because Lily Gladstone with an incredible performance, Leo as always, um, and yeah, uh, this movie worked for me. It was really long, and I, I will rewatch this because I'm excited to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe see more and uh, pick up on stuff I, I maybe hadn't noticed before. But um, lots of process, but it's it, that's a good thing sometimes. So yeah, yeah. I like this movie, and it worked for me. I will share my thoughts whenever it comes up on my list. Um, My number three is going to be Barbie. Um, A movie that I think maybe has diminished slightly since I saw it in theaters in my eyes, but still uh, just a masterclass achievement from one of my favorite filmmakers. It's funny. It's um, incredibly poignant. It's uh, well directed, well acted, well written. There's some things that don't work as well for me. Honestly, the, like the Mattel, Will Ferrell stuff is the weakest stuff mm-hmm. for me. But specifically, the like America Ferrera and Marco Robbie scenes are amazing. Ken is pure comedy. Like He's just Ken. one of the funniest characters, I think, in movies in the past decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one I look forward to. I think it's actually coming out on Max. It just came out on Max today, oh, I think. It dropped recently. I'm going to watch it again. Um, I'm really excited to revisit it. I think it's... It has maybe been overshadowed by another film that um, is going to appear on my list later. Um, but I I truly do love this movie. And yeah. I think it's probably the least successful of Greta Gerwig's directorial movies. And that's in its number three on my 
best of the year list. Like I just, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, and you're obviously ways, not talking box office wise. No. Yeah. Cause it made over a billion. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's going to give her a blank check to probably make whatever she wants because she is now like as much as you could say she was a household name to many people before she is absolutely a household name now and is going on to direct the Chronicles of Narnia movies for Netflix. I really hope she just also directs her own movie and doesn't really adapt anything yeah. as well. And I hope she takes time to do that. I'm sure she will. But I, I just thought this was perfect um, in many respects and definitely in just like, it sounds really corny. And I talked about this whenever we initially talked about it on the podcast, but like, this is a movie that communicated a lot of things to me that I had not thought of in my daily mm. life. Um, and I think shined light on a few things that I needed to have shine light on it. And I, that, that's the purpose. And that's what great movies can do is they can also be wildly entertaining and teach you stuff. And I think Barbie is absolutely that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I'm excited to rewatch it. Yeah, honestly, I am too. Um, I just kind of felt awkward in my movie theater experience. Um, and I think I'm excited to watch this at home by myself or with Sophie, um, just not surrounded by like 70 like teenage girls or what, like, I don't know, for me, for some reason, I just kind of felt like uncomfortable in the theater experience. Um, and of course that's part of her point, I think also is part of like, maybe you should feel a little uncomfortable and that's, yeah, I think she did that well, but I am excited to rewatch this at home. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited. This is actually nine on my list, um, mm. behind a couple. I'm sure we'll I mean, run through a couple top 10. Yeah. It's definitely top 10 of the year. Yeah. And again, I'll rewatch them. I may, lift it I, you just never and know. i think this is the differences between us that we were talking about like this is just always going to be a movie i was going to like more than you mm-hmm. i think just you already kind of said like i'm going to like i like the director i like the lead well, actor yeah, I, like, I, was, I like the message i'm going but you know. as it was ha- unfolding i was like oh yeah I, Come vindic- on. I feel vindicated yeah so vindication all right david um your number two my number two of the year is what you just talked about uh spider-man across the spider-verse um this is joins one other movie that I'll get to uh, as a five star movie for me. Um, this is I I just thought it was so 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 good. Um, really, what I, I agree with everything that you said. Um, performances were incredible. The visuals are just so insanely stunning. This is what animation can be at its peak. Um, this is what it should look like. And um, man, it's clear that the team was was cohesive because the performances and, and the plot and everything made sense and looked really good. Um, I don't have an issue with the ending. Um, I feel like, you know, any just iconic movie that has a sequel 20 to 60 years ago, I feel like no one like cared and, you know, one freaked out, but I feel like today, maybe just with the instant gratification, we're like, we need the ending of a movie. Yeah. So I don't necessarily have an issue with the, with the, right. with the end of it because, you know, in the nineties and the eighties, it was like, Oh, that was awesome. I can't wait to watch the next one. But I think even myself, it's like, well, I want to know how it ends, you know? Yeah. So for me, I don't think I have like an necessary an issue with that, but yeah, number two, Spider-Man It's I think probably the best Spider-Man movie that's been made period. So no, I think I would agree with that statement. Um, my number two is going to be Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Martin Scorsese made a three and a half hour movie about um, pretty much geno- the genocide of Native Americans yeah. um, through this lens of this one story. And yeah, it's it. There's some of the most disturbing scenes I think I've ever seen in a movie or, or in this movie. 
Um, but specifically, the I'm thinking of the murder of the mother at the beginning of the movie in broad daylight. Yeah. That was just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and just awful. Um, and I think he got he did exactly what he wanted to. We talk about that a lot. It's like that is the mark of a great filmmaker is if you can make the audience feel exactly what you want them to. And I think that he did with this movie. Um, I just the the expanse of it, the um the characters in it, the how lived in the movie feels, how much care he took in trying to portray this culture that he's not a part of. Um, and there's still people have had some issues with it and and he's agreed with a lot of the things and said like, yes, this is not going to be a true representation because I'm not one of these people and mm-hmm. only one of these people could give one, but nobody's going to give them $70 million to make this movie. Yeah. And someone will give it to me. He's so using the platform he has. Kind of to do it. Yeah. And I think that the commentary that he has at the end of the movie um, as well, when there's kind of the overview and it's explaining the story of, of what happens after the events of the movie and like this radio show format is also him commenting on like, and this is essentially what I'm doing just to a different degree, like mm-hmm. telling you everything that happens. Um, I, I expected it to be more of a procedural like crime movie and it was not. Um, it's just an American tragedy. And I mm-hmm. think it's one of the most effective ones that I've ever seen. Um, this isn't his last movie. I know that cause he's already said that he plans on still going, but this would be an excellent final movie if that's mm-hmm. what he was doing. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's not going to end on a pot. This movie does not make you feel good about really anything. No. Um, but I, it's important and it's somehow still entertained despite being, incredibly depressing yeah um and i i i already said it i believe lily gladstone should win an oscar for her performance mm-hmm. um yeah. and because i found myself in the scenes that she's not in and, and she can't be in part of the movie just because of the real life story yeah i found myself missing her presence and um missing her presence in a movie that has leonardo dicaprio and robert de niro and yeah. a, jesse Plemons and a bunch of a yeah. score of other um supporting actors it's just it's it, the banality of evil in this movie is portrayed so well. Um, I just really, really enjoyed this um, and can't wait to see it again. Mm-hmm. All right, David. We have the same number one. Really? <laughs> you didn't think that was going to happen. I just you? put that together. <laughs> I just realized that. It's the number one that I think probably is going to top, I would say, a majority of of people's year-end lists um it's oppenheimer it's oppenheimer it's oppenheimer it's, it's always been wow the more that i think about it and i have seen it twice in theaters uh, as has david um the more that i think that this might even be no one's best film i hey, there's something just a little bit holding me back from making it five stars and it might be the reverse recency bias that i have that i believe like a movie that just came out this year there's no way i think it's a five-star masterpiece mm-hmm. it's darn close um, how did he make this entertaining? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, the, the best editing I, I think I may have ever seen in a movie. I mean, the, the first hour and a half of this movie from the time when you're seeing him, you're seeing Oppenheimer as a young um, theoretical physicist in England, all the way up to the Trinity test is like gripping your seat the whole time. You're so excited by how everything's moving. Yeah. It's so well done. I I don't know how a three hour movie about the creation of a bomb and really the focus of a scientist in his pursuit of making the bomb like is 
is as entertaining and horrifying and tense as it is. Um, I, I can't, I cannot wait to watch this again. I, I like dream about this movie of like being able to watch it again. Um, so they sold out of four Ks. Did you see that? Sophie's not happy with me. Cause I think I guessed part of my, my well, Christmas yeah, gifts. It's pretty obvious. That this so, is what you were going to be getting. Um, as soon as I open that on Chris, well, she just pranks me and I don't get it, but uh, I'm probably going to watch it as soon as I can. As soon as um, I open that gift, I do know it's coming back to theaters um, in January and probably will right before the Oscars. I would imagine they'll do a release again. Um, it's yeah. pretty common. Yeah. I think, I'm but gonna, I'm going to make a list of those. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is my number one. It's a perfect five coming out of the theater for the first time. I was like, yeah, that's a five star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the farther I get from it, the more I think it is his best movie. Um, so you, I just are you putting it ahead of Interstellar? I think I might, um, and may, I might maybe wait until I can see it again. But it's just so it's so beautiful, um, and it's crazy. How it just works. blows it blows me. Away. I I don't know how he did it. I knew I'd be excited, and I think you can even attest to this. I was excited, but I don't think I even no. knew that I would be able to. I would respond the way I I just wasn't expecting this. One of the most know? fun experiences that I had watching a movie this year was watching you watch Oppenheimer. Mm. Like I turned to you at a certain, at certain moments. Um, I don't even know. I was probably just jaw dropped. <laughs> you just had the like the happiest look on your face that I think I've ever seen. Um, short of your wedding day. <laughs> yeah. It's, Thank you. It was right. Up, it was right. Up, you're welcome. Um, it, was, it was right up there. I, um, I am traditionally harsher on Nolan than you. Uh, mm-hmm. Nolan is your favorite director. He is not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen a lot of people criticizing just coming out and trying to come up with criticism from the movie saying they didn't like the Trinity test. They didn't like other stuff. I don't enjoy the last um, hour of the movie as much as I do the rest of it, which I think brings it down just a little bit for me. But what Nolan is doing with the story is a masterclass. Yeah. And um, I'm just so glad that it worked. Yeah. I'm, I'm just now. I, I mean, we talked about Oppenheimer a, a lot so i don't know if we'll have any new things to share about it but i'm just so glad that the barbenheimer lived up to the hype like can you, oh my can you believe that that actually happened this was the most hype movie experience since endgame and i was like worried that one or both were not going to live up to their expectations yeah. and i think both exceeded their expectations i think oppenheimer is definitely obviously more critically successful but barbie was more commercially successful but they lifted each other up i mm-hmm. think both of those experiences just Honestly, made it. The, was that the that might be the best week of moment of the year? It was definitely the best week of my year. Yeah, like not even not even close. That was that was it. It was that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but just in like our culture amazing. and I think in general, yeah, I think it was the the peak of the year. Honestly, and if they keep re-releasing Op uh, Oppenheimer, it's made nine hundred fifty-one million dollars. It's probably gonna cross a billion. They, they, they might be able to hit a billion. Probably gonna cross a billion when they because they were released it in. Um, Help me out. Millimeter. Um, 70 millimeter. So they released it 70 millimeter, but there's only like 22 countries in the and entire country. And I think country. it still went to like number three or four on the box office the yeah. weekend that it came out. So yeah. now if it's coming out in just general theaters, it's a lot more accessibility for people. And I think it could, they'd both get over a billion dollars. Especially when traditionally most people don't put out new movies in January because they don't do as well. Like that's it's probably why that's yeah. normally a dead season, which is why I'm assuming they're putting Oppenheimer out. But I, yeah, man. Once once I watched this, this state this was at one for me on this list, and I, I knew it. there was it, no there was yeah. no doubt in my mind. Um, and I didn't really. I thought maybe Killers could make a push for it, but I still think like the experience that I have with Oppenheimer is 
It's, it's just wild. Crazy. I remember us leaving the theater. We were both like, we like sat in silence for like 15 seconds because we're just like, I think it's Whoa. definitely the best movie I've seen since 2019. Probably. I'm trying in to theater think. or just in general. In in theaters. That's one of my best theater experiences ever. Because I really like Tar, but I think I like Oppenheimer more than. Bro, I, like I should Tar. make a letterbox list, ranking best my best theater experiences. Theater low key really good one look i can't believe i just used the term low key remember when we watched dune together yeah that was amazing yeah i can't wait for that part two is gonna be crazy yeah you're coming to kansas city watch that nine max right okay okay and she really wants to watch it yeah good okay she was actually upset as i was when they moved it like are you kidding me (laughs) i can't wait for that movie i'm so excited so yeah yeah that's that's crazy that was our that was our list of the year what david what just missed the cut for you Real quick. Um, sorry, Tom Cruise. That's uh, Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning 1 was 5. And it got bumped for me to 6. Mm-hmm. 7 for me was Air. I really liked Air. Uh, that I worked for me. I've forgotten about Air. It feels like so long ago. Ben Affleck directed, starring Matt Damon, Jason Bateman. Um, that worked well for me. John Wick at 8. Barbie 9. And then Talk to Me finished at 10. Mm. Um, and so, and I, a movie I just watched, we both just watched, May, December. Uh, that, that was at 12 for me. So... Oh. Yeah. yeah, May, December was up there for me. Um, I also am going to put John Wick 4 up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed John Wick 4 and Scream 6, although I don't know if Scream 6 is that high. May, December was 7. The Holdovers, which is a movie you haven't seen. Uh, That's one of those I've seen in like the every single trailer. The Holdovers was really, really good. Might become like a normal Christmas in the Christmas movie oh, rotation for okay. me. Um, I'm really glad I got to see that. And then this movie is not, it's, it's probably missing, just missing the cut on the top 10. Godzilla minus one is as good as people are saying it is. Uh, okay, I was wondering. Um, I was amazed by how like terrifying Godzilla was in that movie. Wow. Um, so that, I thought that was good. And then a, a smaller movie I want to shout out. Well, Asteroid City. I'll yeah. Also talk about Asteroid City, but a smaller movie. It's a rom-com. Rye Lane is on Hulu right now. It's a British rom-com. It's the best rom-com I've seen all year. Mm. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I haven't. It's like floating at like 11 right now. Probably for me. Okay. So, and I already talked about the killer. So, that's good. Yeah, Asteroid City was ten for me. Mm. Um, but no, I really do think this is the best movie year. We probably have to. I'd have to look at twenty nineteen. I mean, the but, top is just like loaded. Like you have like three. You have three great directors making like their masterpieces. Yeah, I think. Um, and then on top of that, you also have movies sprinkled in like The Killer and May December and um. Asteroid City, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm actually, I need to revisit Asteroid City. I think because I Same. wasn't as high on it um, as you were whenever we watched it first. And I'm a big West guy. Yeah, that's a one that I think it's even available, but that's definitely one I want to revisit. Yes, it's, it's we love West, and we were both. I mean, I liked it more, but we were both kind of like interesting. Like I got to process that for like two weeks. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's on Prime. So yeah, so yeah. All right, one last question. Okay, what movie disappointed you the most? It's a very good question, um, and I can't use I can't use a movie that I used for my worst movie of the year. Let's uh, let's see. I mean, a movie you were thinking was going to be good, and then just yeah. Wasn't. Scrolling through here real quick because I have mine. Uh, why don't you go ahead then? Napoleon. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I'm yeah. I just didn't really like the execution of Napoleon. Um, I thought that it was he was trying to cram two movies worth of stuff into one movie, mm. and. Uh, Napoleon at court and Napoleon at battle were two sometimes interesting moments, but I feel like it just 
we and we made so many time jumps this is the problem when trying to tell the life of like a character like that a birth through death story mm-hmm. it's just too much yeah you know and, and and it's too much and i don't care about the historical inaccuracy part honestly i don't really give a crap it's a movie it's a movie um i don't think anybody's going into play and thinking that's how history actually happens but like trying to cover that much ground in someone's life it's just it didn't yeah. really work for me so yeah i was really disappointed by that because i really like Ridley scott yeah um, for me, uh, honestly, I kind of forgot about this movie, but Knock at the Cabin in that Shyamalan. Um, I remembered even talking to you of like, yeah, I don't even know if I have high expectations, but I feel like critics were actually kind of like, this is pretty good. It's the best like, reviewed in that movie in a long time. And I, I remember watching it and kind of at the, out, you know, waiting for the twist, but you just, what is it going to be? We don't know yet. And I kind of remember like kind of underwhelming um, with twists that happens, which, which kind of stinks um, because whenever you, your directing style is like, okay, he's, I, I, I like twist. the twist. Well, when that's a disappointing thing, then it disappoints the whole movie. So I was kind of hoping for more because I, I liked everything up into that. I thought Dave Bautista did a really good job. He's looking good outside uh, MCU and mm-hmm. some of these other performances uh, were, were really good. Um, and so it was kind of disappointing with, with that ending twist. Um, so yeah, I was hoping for more there, especially once you get into that movie, you're like, okay, this could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's probably that, that for me. So Overall, though, a good year. Really, good really year. has been. Good year, movies. We still have actually have like a lot coming out in the last two weeks, too. Mm-hmm. So that could make... I'm, I, The Iron Claw has been one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and it's coming out next weekend. I'm seeing there it. you go. Poor Things, the, the Yorgos Lanthimos movie that we've all been seeing so many trailers for is mm-hmm. getting rave reviews. Yeah. Excited for that to actually open wide. It's already in some theaters, but not very many. Yeah. Excited to see Priscilla. Um, which has been out. Wonka just dropped in theaters, Wonka which I think will be fun. also getting really good reviews too. It's like really? the next Paddington is what it's being referred to as. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, we we both know how good Timothy is. It's just yeah. around him, what is what will that look like? Yeah. So I am curious as well. For me. Um, you watched a musical last year that you were like, hey. West Side Story. Stop. It's Steven Spielberg just directing it. It's a little different. That's true. Um, and aquaman 2 which everybody's excited for i'll wait for streaming they're saying it's gonna make less movie less movie less money than blue beetle did hmm. which actually looks pretty good compared to the dc movies i watched this year yeah blue beetle was still not good though. no but uh you know we, we don't want to end this pod on a, on a sour note though because it's been a very good week, year of movies and um really we deserve that just after covid and after the industry being hit and getting direct to streaming getting on scene one scene location stuff like that we deserved the the good year that it was so that'll keep going as we get to the new year with dune and and stuff so hopefully we get more yeah but yeah this has uh been the week 15 of the nfl preview and then obviously what we just talked about our top five movies of the 2023 year um nathan and david here chilling out in person uh, I just feel the vibes were much better. Diamond uh, and Bill. Come on, stop <laughs> it. That's so good. On that note, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye.